0: This episode contains discussions including body shaming and mention of mental illness. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Body Story Podcast, a show about the way we're navigating the world in the bodies we've been given. I'm your host, Tiffany Eller, and I believe that if one person's story can change the way you look at them, a collection of stories may be able to change the world. Today, I'll be speaking with Lindsay Luna about what it's like to have dark body hair and acne in a society that favors smooth, hairless skin. Lindsay is an energy healer, massage therapist, and mental health advocate. She's all about self-love and acceptance in all its many forms. Let's get into the episode. Hey, Lindsay, thanks for being with us today.
1: Thank you so much for including me in this. I'm really excited.
0: So today you wanted to talk about some things that are kind of close to my heart because I, my body hair journey is one that is long and drawn out too. And I also suffer from acne. So can you kind of tell me about like what your experience has been
1: with like your body hair and your skin? Yes, of course. Um, So I... My hair and my skin, my, my my skin has always been something that I've struggled with. When I was younger, I've got this dark hair on the top of my head, this dark, thick hair, and my body hair started to come in when I was in elementary school. So I really started to notice that I um, had these, had these almost kind of like targets on my body for people to notice. I, I grew a mustache. I had all this dark leg hair and armpit hair, and I was really self-conscious about it. I started um, using Nair and shaving products long before any of the girls in my classes did. And I was really fortunate, um, to have a mother that was supportive and understanding. And she, um, she allowed me to, uh, do, to, to work with my body hair in whatever way that was comfortable for, for me to, and a lot of it was a, mostly surrounding me removing it because there's a lot of pressure to be hairless and to have this smooth, pristine skin and, so I really kind of got caught up in that from a very young age to the point where my hair um, had was so visible that, my, that there were doctors that were even involved with checking to see if I had something called uh, PCOS, which is polycystic ovary syndrome. And sometimes darker body hair is a symptom of that. And I ended up being tested for that and, and, I, and I didn't have that. I um, just simply was a much hairier girl and I felt really alone and isolated in that and feeling like I, um, I needed to do something about it and that something was wrong with me. And I didn't really get any acne until I was in my 20s. Uh, my acne showed up much later on in life. So I had I, my my adult acne came in at, at 20 and it came in as a strong, very painful cystic acne. And the hair on my face kind of fueled the acne a little bit, uh, kind of allowing my pores to, to get clogged. And both dealing with my skin and my hair, it was a really big struggle for me. I felt... I almost felt like people that was the only thing that people saw because all around me there was advertisements about um, smooth skin and, and people, people talked about how smooth skin was beautiful, whether it be hairless skin or acne-free skin. And so that was something I really struggled with feeling like it, these, my insecurities were just front and center and visible all the time. And so that's kind of how my body story started when it came to hair and acne. So when you
0: say that you felt like everyone was looking at it or that this was a big deal, you mentioned the media, but what kind of responses were you getting from the people around you? Did you notice that people were like looking at you funny or did they make comments besides your family
1: my family um, was pretty supportive about um, my hair and my skin. I'm very lucky and fortunate with that. My friends, it really wasn't until I got older, until I started like to hit puberty and sexuality started to come into the picture. But a lot of my younger friends really didn't think much of my hair um, until I got older, in which case I started to notice that people would point out my skin or they would point out my hair. And a lot of it was, it wasn't so much directed at me, it was, they were talking about other people and I felt like they were talking to me. And mm. uh, yeah, and and sometimes maybe they, sometimes they, they may not have even noticed the hair They may not have even really cared much about the skin, but just simply them talking about how they thought it was disgusting or how they thought acne meant someone was dirty or um, how, you know, I I had this one instance where I, um, it was in my early twenties and I hooked up with a guy and I, um, I am not a clean, fresh groomed person. Because shaving is actually, because of my thick hair, shaving is actually really uncomfortable. It's, it's really itchy. Um, and so I don't shave completely, uh, particularly down in my pubic area. And I had a guy friend, after I hooked up with someone, start talking about grooming um, when it comes to pubic hair. And I, feel, I felt like he was talking to me. And about how it's gross and disgusting and, and, and all of these things. And so it, it really was a lot of just people speaking their mind about body grooming and, and their judgments about acne and their, their judgments about these things, whether or not it was intentionally to, to talk to me about it or whether it was just them expressing their mind, I took it very personally because to me, I felt like everyone could see these signs on my body that I wasn't perfect, that I wasn't smooth, that I didn't fit these ideals that these people were talking about and were expecting of their lovers or their partners or their friends.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a pressure that I felt as well. When I decided to stop shaving under my arms there was a whole year that I was just worried about lifting my arms because of the way that I had heard other people talk about body hair. And like, even sometimes I would, I would lift up my arms. And I know that somebody like screamed one time when they saw.
1: Oh, wow. And that
0: Yeah, it was ridiculous. But um I don't know, I, that really resonates with me, because I think as women, it doesn't matter if you have like dark thick hair or any hair at all like we all feel that pressure just because of how people talk about it so what kind of grooming do you do then because you said it's kind of uncomfortable but I know that when I asked you about this in your intake form or our correspondence before you you said you do a like minimal grooming is that right yeah yeah
1: so I'm not so this is this is my perspective on it I um I love that you you've grown out your armpit hair and you allow yourself to just, you know, be comfortable with that. I think that's amazing. I have been fortunate because I'm in the massage industry. I've met a lot of women that, that are very successful and they, and you know, have clients and it's not a problem for them to, to, uh, allow their armpit hair to grow out. And I think that's so amazing for me. My relationship with my body hair is, I, I've come to this point where I don't hate it, and I oh, and I look at it as kind of, I mean, it's a part of who I am. It, it's natural. It grows from me, yeah. <laughs> you know. And but I also, um, it's also very itchy. So it's itchy to groom it, and it's itchy to have it. Mm. And so I get in this conundrum of really, I have these different ways of grooming, but I also allow it to grow out. And so I may shave my legs and I may shave my armpits, but I I will allow it to grow out until I feel comfortable with shaving it again. And a lot of that has to do with is my razor's dull really quickly and my my skin just is so itchy, whether it's long or freshly shaved. So I mostly listen to the way my body feels. And I will shave if I'm gonna go out and swim because I I, I just don't really like a lot of attention on me. And whether, you know, and, and unfortunately body hair becomes this quote unquote statement which I don't believe it should be that way. I, I believe it's just an expression of who we are. It's just a part of who we are. But I don't like the attention. I, my body hair is really a way that I, that I think we take up space. And I sometimes struggle with taking up space in that way. And so it's really just kind of going with what feels right um, maybe I'll grow it out in the winter, or maybe I will, um, shave it regularly in the summer. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. But I, I've come to this, to this acceptance of it's okay. If it's sha- if if it's grown out a couple of days, it's okay. If people can see my armpit hair and it's okay. If some days I shave it and that's kind of where I've come with my, my grooming habits as for my face, I do have Hair all over my face, so that is usually very groomed regularly. But as far as my body, it's just you know what I'm feeling. <laughs> does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it totally does. <laughs> um So the hair on your face, just because you know we we don't know what you look like for the sake of argument. Totally is the hair on your face like is it thick and dark? Oh or yeah, is it kind of like the baby hairs, but they're still dark? What is that? what does it look like for you?
1: I'm glad you asked that question. It um, so I do have, my baby hairs are not blonde anywhere on my body. So my baby hairs, um, you can imagine that soft, the, the, the soft fuzziness it's that, but only dark. And then of course I have really thick, dark hair that comes in kind of in my sideburn areas, my chin, and even down my neck and onto my chest. So, and that's just natural. That's just my natural hair that comes through. So is that
0: when you say it's a little bit thicker, is it thick like, uh, like an underarm hair would be, or like a pubic hair or.
1: Yep. It's coarse and thick.
0: And that you said that that type of hair started coming in when you were really young.
1: Yes, that actually came in, um, my, my, I call it my mustache, my mustache and my unibrow came in first. And then the the hair on my chin didn't start coming in until I was in my early twenties. And, um, I remember my mother had coarse, uh, chin hair as well. I remember her, she would pluck it. And so she had a lot less than me because, um, I, I'm Mexican on my dad's side, so I feel like some of my hair is tied to that as much as it is to her. But so my hair is, I mean, for lack of a better word, it, it could grow in um, very, very coarse and very visible in a day.
0: So how often do you have to groom your facial hair? Every day. Every day. Wow. Is that,
1: that sounds exhausting. It is. And that's, and my facial hair, that's why it's much more comfortable for me to groom my facial hair than my body hair, because I'm not lying to you when I'm saying it's like head to toe. You know, I, I love my beautiful, thick, dark hair on the top of my head and my eyelashes. But the truth is, is it it, most of it grows in everywhere. And so if I was to groom head to toe, it would be incredibly exhausting incredibly (laughs) yeah
0: as as I prepared for this interview I was referring to some of the resources you sent me and that led me down a rabbit hole of watching videos and stuff like that but there was one girl that I was listening to who said that there was a period of her life um that she was shaving pretty much from her neck down every single day and that
1: oh
0: I I can't even imagine what What kind
1: of yeah. That's so much pressure. It's so so much pressure. And I've gotten so frustrated at people when they're like, you know you you need to groom everything. And I'm just like, could you imagine? like imagine shaving your entire body every single today day because not only is my hair thick, it grows quickly. So it's like for people to expect that of someone, for society to put this kind of pressure, it's like I feel like it's really unfair. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, and
0: uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't mean to imply anything, but so I'm blonde. I am mm-hmm. as blonde as can be uh, in terms mm-hmm. of body hair and I feel like that kind of lends me a little bit more privilege against somebody that has dark hair because I can get away with not shaving and people don't look at me immediately. Like it takes a little longer to even realize that I have the body hair. Like totally you feel like having dark hair. I don't want to use the word disadvantage because I don't think that that's a fair term. But do you feel that there's discrimination in the fact that you have dark hair?
1: Yeah, I, I can kind of... I, first I, and foremost, I want to say that I've got a lot of friends that are really loving and supportive of my fuzziness and, and that do have blonde or, or red hair. And so their body hair is very minimal and so i don't feel a pressure from them but there is an acknowledgement that that you know that i feel from them that my hair is very visible and and a lot of them are so so quick to support me and you know be like oh i'm not you know it's fine it's cool cuz they know that they can grow out their hair and it not be visible i don't know if i've never necessarily it's just I don't know if if if, there, if there's necessarily a different pressure. It's just visually you can't escape it, you know. You, you can't hide it. it. It it's it's so prominent that you know when when people see that it's it's almost like it's it's manly quote unquote where the light ha- lighter hair is more more feminine and quote unquote. I'm just you know kind of giving these pers- perspectives right. that I feel. And, but it's really, but that's, but that's really not the case though. You know, my, I'm still feminine, even though I've got this dark hair, I do feel that there's, there's this, this more of a discrimination against the dark hair because it is front and center and visible. And some of how I've kind of come to terms with the fact that I do have this darker body hair is that I have this really thick dark beautiful hair on the top of my head. I feel like I feel like when it comes to hair, there's there's just so many ways that it can express itself that that there are different ways to be appreciative of it even if we have these other struggles. Mm. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So you told me that your body story title would be healing from the inside out. Is that in direct relation to accepting your body hair
1: and your acne? Oh, yes. So when it comes to my acne story, my acne didn't show up in, until my, my 20s. So I went all the way throughout high school without hardly any acne, just worried about my body hair and, and, and self-conscious about that and just other things that teenagers have. In my 20s, I got hit with this with all of this cystic acne that really started to show up. And that one was more of the one that made me feel quote unquote unclean. That's the biggest one that people people think that body hair quote unquote is unclean. But m- more people feel that about acne. I feel a lot. I got a lot of you just need to wash your face and and you know if you if 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 you were were only cleaner then your skin wouldn't look like this and yada yada yada. And acne is so incredibly complicated it is <laughs> there's it really is. so many different causes for it and to simply just simplify it like that and just be like oh you're just dirty was heart wrenching because people i have had a skincare routine all of my 20s because of my acne i have tried everything to to heal my acne and it wasn't really until I actually got into massage therapy and I started to really understand my body as a whole thing, my, my whole part of me. <laughs> I, um, I had really kind of – I had experienced pretty significant uh, trauma in my childhood. I grew up in a dysfunctional and addicted home. And because of that – I um, I kind of retreated from my body. my body became this this object. I think some of that had to do with like society's objectification and me internalizing that and also my 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 own way to disconnect from my pain and from the trauma. And so the healing from the inside out really, came like I said when I got into to massage therapy and I started to look at my body as not this separate thing from me but as me. And I started to realize how it was all interconnected. I believe that's that um, some of my trauma um impacted my skin because yeah, yeah I because I and I'm not a scientist, I've just you know, done a lot of research, and but I um, trauma can impact our digestive system, and our digestive system is connected to our microbiome as well as our skin, and right. so I I started to realize all of these interconnections, and that's where the healing from the inside out came from. Is my my body story? I have these these places that I take up space through my hair or through my acne that I struggled with, but fully it was just my entire connection to my body, my entire connection to how I Related and talk to myself and and how I took care of my body, and healing from the inside out was addressing me myself holistically, and mm. through through looking at like like I said because of the trauma and the pain and I, I I I took it out on my body I seriously took it out on my body I I feel like I engaged in self harm through um, addiction. And, and it was really me reconciling and realizing that it wasn't my body that was the problem. It was a lot of the unresolved pain that I had to face and to heal. And, and it was a long journey and it started inside it didn't start on the outside I I was putting all of these creams on my faces and I was using all of these razor blades to try and address this but it wasn't until I started to change the way I viewed myself and interacted with myself and start to realize that my body is not this object but it's who I am and it's 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 a place that I can make safe it's a place that I can take up space with and it be okay. It's my right to take up space, whether it be through my hair or just through my existence. That's how my healing journey really took off.
0: That That's awesome. I know that for me, like I also have adult onset acne, and it's been such a struggle because you do want to start with what you think is the easy solution. You're like, okay, I'll get the creams, I'll get the face wash. And when you're trying that and trying that, and nothing is working, it really drives you to look inside because ultimately our skin is a reflection of whatever's going on on the inside. Mm -hmm. And I also have a lot of trauma um, in my background. So I think that you're really onto something and I guess only you can speak to that. So after you've addressed all this stuff, what does your acne look like now? Like, Do you feel like you have healed it completely or is it still a struggle sometimes?
1: So I am fully broken out on my chin right now. Me too. (laughs) My my cycle just ended. And so I always have a flare up with my cycle. And I could get on birth control for that, but I just don't feel that that's necessary for me personally. Um, I uh, My healing, it took a long time because yes, it was addressing this trauma and the way that I talked to it, but it was also finding out that I had food allergies. Mm. Um, so, so eliminating dairy was really important. And I lived off of Red Bulls and I found out that Red Bulls impacted my skin horribly. So I, I, I changed, I, I took those two things out of my diet and as well as drinking alcohol um, and healing my, my, my digestive system and my acne cleared up tremendously. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and it, that didn't happen overnight. I'm not going to say like, boom, my acne just cleared up quickly. It was a long journey of finding these puzzle pieces. And I feel like over time, I finally found what works for me. I do use a topical acne cream. I think it's a retin, retinoid. Um, and that has really helped me keep my skin under control. Now I do get those random flare ups. It went from severe. I'm, I'm talking severe cystic acne all over my cheeks and my chin, painful, deep wounds to now I just have a few that will flare up. Sometimes they will be big, painful cysts and other times they'll just be little eruptions. And I struggle still with, um, thinking that my skin is as bad as it was. And so like, even though it's clear, I still sometimes have to remind my like, even though it's clearer than it was, and I do have acne, I have to remind myself that like, it's not, I have to stop looking at my face in the, in the way that I looked at it in the past. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, it does. It's like, I, I, I struggle with the same things,
1: almost like a dis. What what do they call it? Dysphoria or something? Like you, you think your skin is worse than it is, but it's not. And so, that's a that's a struggle of going. It's okay that I don't wear makeup today, or it's okay that I have these. You know, I this is this is okay. I don't have to have this perfect skin, and I have plenty of scars, and that I've come to terms with, um, just from the acne that I've been through, and so a lot of it is, you know, realizing like these, me trying to remember that filters on photos don't show the accurate picture that my skin is just, is normal skin. It's, it's not, um, it's unrealistic for it to be this baby smooth skin. (laughs) How
0: would you suggest other people approach their own healing if they're dealing with either the acne or like loving their own body, um, as it pertains to hair or the condition of their skin, where should they start?
1: You know, that's a, that's a really good question. I think it's a complicated one because I think we're all so unique and different, um, as far as our journeys, as far as, um, what society, the pressures that we feel from society, um, and I really think a lot of it is, is for me, it's, it started with my internal dialogue and, and really acknowledging, acknowledging when my dialogue was taking on someone else's shame or expectation about what I should look like and what I should be like. And I think that's the biggest place to start is, is with our own in, internal dialogue And another thing that I do think is important too is not only our internal dialogue, but how we communicate to other people and acknowledge the way that we may perpetuate some of this shame and stigma, whether it's to do with body hair and body acne um, or anything. I think to really, I'm going to share an example of, of me getting defensive about someone um someone bringing up body hair and and how it was gross and I kind of lashed out and I said well I think you know being completely shaven is gross and you know and and that's and I don't like that and I got defensive and I lashed out and and I and I looked back this was in my early 20s when I did that and I when I looked back on it I was like wow, Lindsay, you really want people to, to accept you for who you are and the, your actions kind of showed that you don't accept other people for who they are and what their choices are. And so I think, I think understanding how, how our thoughts and our judgments at, attack ourselves and how sometimes it can leak out and we can perpetuate those stigmas. I think languaging is incredibly important when it comes to this and, and allowing ourselves to be on our own personal journey, um, is huge because there's nothing wrong with us for having acne. There's nothing wrong with us for having hair on our body. It's, it's, you know, it's acne is a normal part of life. I feel. And so is hair, hair is a normal part of life. And so Reconciling those those internalized messages and and being aware of how we perpetuate them is probably one of the biggest, biggest places to start in my personal opinion.
0: So not only how you talk to yourself, but how you talk to others.
1: yeah, exactly.
0: I agree. how How have you dealt with shamers um, recently?
1: Yeah. So back when in my early 20s, I just got really defensive until I realized like, whoa, that's, you know, like, that's okay, Lindsay, you want people to accept you, you got to be you 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 got to walk your uh, walk your talk. But how I kind of deal with shamers now is it's just mostly like, I just kind of laugh it off. You know, like, you know, yep, I'm really fuzzy and hairy or or anything like that, but I actually, you know, I have, because I'm a massage therapist, I have clients that worry about that stuff. And so mostly when I deal with shamers, I'm dealing with people's inner shame. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot of times people are like, you know, I'm really sorry about my body hair. I'm very sorry about my acne. And I'm like, you know what? It's okay. Everybody is welcome here. It's it, oh, awesome yeah, everybody is welcome here on this table. I am a fuzzy person too, or I have, you know, blemishes as well. It's a-okay. So, so a lot of times it's not necessarily dealing with shamers towards me. It's, it's me hearing other people's inner shame come out, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And even in my own experience, people that, shame you specifically they're usually talking about their own shame or their own insecurity about the same
1: thing exactly yeah and so I try not to get defensive because you're right I'm like I don't want to be fighting with you I'm okay I've but I've come to a point where I'm okay with it now it took me a while to to come there and, and there are some things that I do get really passionate about like when people say that it's it's disgusting or or laziness you know we nobody can really understand someone's journey whether it's with body hair or their skin like we talked about earlier it's so complicated the the journey and and for someone I've also struggled because of my trauma I've struggled with mental health issues so there were times that my that my grooming kind of went to the wayside because I was trying to keep myself alive. I was battling a mental health condition. And you don't think about grooming when you're just trying to get through the day. And that's not laziness. That's someone who is warrioring it up against their own mind and trying to persevere and push through and so, so when people say that, you know, oh, it's a laziness or things like that, it's, it's really, it's really a, a misunderstanding of the very complex way that we interact with ourselves and, and how we choose to prioritize our own health and wellness. And it's nobody's business to, to put that kind of
0: pressure. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Mm, you're preaching.
1: yeah it's it's I it's really complicated I've I feel I'm still struggling with you know my own my insecurities and and even just just simply taking up space and learning what battles or I'm willing to fight when it comes to defending um my body choices and and which ones I'm willing to just go. This is, I don't need to defend myself to you.
0: Yeah. I think that goes back to what you said earlier where like your body hair isn't a statement. It's not a statement to anybody else. It's just Mm -hmm. how you choose to live. And I know personally, when I stopped shaving, I I had a, a friend tell me, well, you're just doing this because it's a statement. And I'm like, I'm actually not. And they're like, Oh, come on. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so telling you how you feel and how, why yeah. you're, you're exp- Yeah. And, and that's so unfair for people to do that. Right. Yeah. Because um. it is, it's, it's just, you know, and, and I, and to kind of talk even with the armpit hair and you, you allowing yourself to just, you know, take that pressure off of shaving and just be who you are. Like my, I, I kind of want to bring a male perspective into to armpit hair and to body hair because my boyfriend i love him so much he loves me whether i have hair covered head to toe or whether i'm sha- shaved like he supports me 110% and he wants there to be he, it be more open and accepting for if men want to groom their armpit hair that it's not a weird thing that that oh, oh yeah <laughs> that we should like whether regardless of your gender that they that it's just you know people be able to to groom or not groom in whatever way that they feel called in a, whatever way that feels right to them and it not like you said it not be a statement it's just this is my body existing <laughs> yeah.
0: and, and existing in a way that makes me comfortable for my own health <laughs>
1: exactly because it's it's ultimately at the end of the day it's our bodies it's not anyone else's
0: <laughs> yeah oh uh, and that's that's what I hope like people get out of this podcast is that like we're all dealing with all this stuff and all of us are just trying to get by the best that we can with what we got and it's mm-hmm. going to look different for every person with a body and guess what that's everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and there's no right or wrong way to do you. And that's that's what that's why I love that you're doing this podcast because there I think that we all kind of walk around like with these inner shame and if we just bring it out onto the table, maybe people will realize like, hey, I'm actually, you know, there's nothing wrong with me.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was uh, that's been huge in my own body story is just unlearning all the layers of things that I thought were essential or universal, like, you know, body hair is a great example because we didn't even get into the history of female body hair. We could still do that, but, um, just, this is what we do. This is what you do as a woman. You shave, it's not there period. And then to like become an adult and unpack that and realize oh, wait a second, we only do this because of this or we don't do that because of this and how Mm -hmm. those things don't necessarily align with any value system that you might have internally or eternally, I guess. (laughs) Right. But and just making those decisions for yourself, like just because I don't shave doesn't mean that I'm crusading for everybody to stop shaving. Like my crusade is go find what works for you. Like maybe stop shaving for two weeks and see how you like it or. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just... if that's
1: your thing. Yeah. If it's, if, if it's comfortable or, you know, or, you know, I know some women feel pressure to shave and be completely bare for pregnancy.
0: Oh, wow. I can't you know what I, imagine. Yeah. that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so like, how can we make women more comfortable in their own bodies and, whether whether it be you know shaved or not shaved. I I'm glad that you that this body uh, story uh, podcast is put out because I didn't have my first positive experience with body hair from the media until I was 28.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. But I think the good thing is is that it's becoming more and more talked about and oh yeah. Th- the different levels of grooming are becoming more and more acceptable as we're exposed to different people and different experiences. And social media has a lot to do with that because we can click a hashtag for unibrow and see, you know, 500 women with unibrows. Whereas before, you might never encounter one in your life living in
1: Boise, Idaho. Correct. Right? (laughs) So... Exactly. And social media was where I had my my positive, my positive experiences with acne and my positive experiences with body hair. It was just you, there were two YouTubers that, you know, that just it, there was, there was no shame or anything. It was simply, this is me. And I had never seen it presented in that way. And it was like, yeah, that is you. That's me. This is just yeah. me. It's not, it is, you know, it's a part of who I am. And it's, and so th- that's, it's so powerful to have access to that. So through social media, like you said, and hashtags and all these different avenues where we can connect with other people that are embracing their own body story.
0: Yeah. Do you um, want to share any of those resources that you found? No pressure if you can't remember them. But...
1: So I can't remember one of, one of them, but one was she was an acne YouTuber and I, I almost cried, I think when I saw her, but she got really popular a while back and it was, she just, she would just do makeup. And so she would come out without any makeup on and she had, had blemishes and she would share her makeup free skin, um, with her hyperpigmentation and acne. And then she would also do a makeup routine and that was really positive for me because it wasn't – there wasn't a shame in the makeup. It was just – this is the multiple ways that I like to express myself. I like to be in my bare skin or I like to dress up my in makeup. And, and neither of these have shame and neither of these are the right or wrong way. This is just me expressing myself. And that was really powerful.
0: Oh, that's so awesome.
1: And the other person – I can't remember how to spell say her last name, but her name was Sophia. She started out in Buzzfeed and she just talked about her body hair just so casually. She's like, these are just my hairy arms. And that was my first experience with just bot like body hair, just, just being, you know, there was no right or wrong. It was just, this is my body hair. And I was like, Whoa, what a, what a new way to, to look at my body hair, that it's just there.
0: (laughs) It's eye-opening for sure. Well, thank you, Lindsay, so much for being on the Body Story podcast today. We have so enjoyed having you and having this conversation.
1: Thank you so much uh, for allowing me to be a part of this, Tiffany. It really means a lot on this journey of accepting my body hair and my acne and, and just my body period to be able to talk so candidly about this and about my experiences and, and hopefully help other people get more and more comfortable with expressing themselves as they are in whatever way feels right to them.
0: Amen. Hmm. <laughs> Before we go today, I want to take a minute to thank our listeners who have left us reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts. Each time we receive a review, it boosts us in the new and noteworthy section, which helps us reach more people. So I wanted to read one that we got today, or I guess we didn't get it today. I wanted to read one that we got on Apple Podcasts, and it is from someone named Gothith says, I have the pleasure to be a part of Patreon and was able to hear episodes early. I won't spoil anything in my review, but I was engaged all the way through the podcast and look forward to the next one. Thank you, Gothith. That is a great testimonial, and we hope to get more ratings and reviews uh, as we go along. If you want to be featured on the podcast in the form of a rating or review, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us one today. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com/bodystorypodcast. You can support the Body Story Podcast with as little as a dollar a month in exchange for early access and hopefully in the future a few more perks as we get a little bit more of a budget. Your support helps us grow the show so that these stories can reach more people and end body shame around the country. If this message aligns with you, support us today at patreon.com/bodystorypodcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. This episode was made possible by our Patreon supporters, Stephanie Baird and Jonathan Stratton. The Body Story Podcast's editor is Daniel Vogt. Our producer is Amanda Ray, and our creative director is Emily Fisher.